Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And in this podcast, we take topics from both health and fitness, as well as the business side of things. We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro, and have a pretty unique perspective because we've had a lot of success, but we are not quite at the top of the food chain yet. Our mission is to help break down these topics so you can learn in an easy to digest manner and apply them into your daily life. So let's hop into today's episode. In today's episode, we are going to be outlining a five-step process to making 2023 your best year yet. As many of you may know, we have a five-pillar process, five pillars to overall health and wellness at SD Evolution, training, nutrition, mindset, movement, and habits. We are going to outline things you can do within each of those to either set up a habit or a goal to build into your regimen to make sure that you are feeling and looking your best again in 2023. But first, if you are a new listener, Please leave us a review if you enjoy this episode. It means a lot to us. It helps us spread the word on you know everything that we're talking about in this show. And also, if you're a returning listener, do the same thing. Quick five stars, pop back to the episode. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening on, they have some type of rating system. Just hop in there for us. It is greatly appreciated. We are doing some big, big things in 2023, so if you can do your part, we're giving out some free content, obviously, trying to help you guys in the best way that we can for free. Do your part and help us out a little bit back. So let's go through each of these piece by piece. Training, number one. The biggest thing with training is obviously establishing something you can be consistent with. That is first and foremost, the number one most important aspect when we're designing a program for clients. If you are designing it for yourself, it's the same concept. If you're creating something that's unrealistic, you're not gonna stick with it, you're gonna fall off and it's not gonna be an effective program. So from the very start, essentially give yourself an extra day. So if you think you can do five days, and I say think as the the highlighted word, start with four. You know you can do four. If you think you can do five, you know you can do four. If at the end of that program, you always have that extra day where you're itching to do something or maybe you went for a run or did something extra, add that fifth day into the next program. Um, But the biggest thing here is that you are hitting those consistently. Make it enjoyable. Go ahead and hop in. I think a lot of people, when it comes to especially New Year's resolutions, they kind of go from zero to 100 when it comes to to training. So if you're not doing anything right now or if you're not being consistent in any aspect, it's important to start small. And if you're doing zero days of exercise right now, start with two. Like you don't need to go and start with four or five or six days. That would be something you can work towards, but it's not somewhere you need to start because it's not going to be realistic for what you've got going on right now that's a huge change to go from zero to five days per week so start small and I also think a lot of people out there tend to they're on the hunt for like the perfect program quote unquote and there is no perfect training program out there there's some really great ones there's some not so great ones but what it comes down to is how well this program fits your current phase of life and if it doesn't fit your current phase of life it's not going to be something that you have success with in the long term. And I think that's something that, you know, we really pride ourselves on as far as when it comes to our one-on-one clients, but also our SDE method app. Like we have seven different programs in there right now, and there are different goals that you can choose from, different layouts as far as what training styles you like, how many days per week you like to train. So, You have options and the best program out there is the one that you're going to be the most consistent with. 100%. So that's the first piece. 
The second piece is that you're progressing. So we're not going to dive into a full program breakdown. This is just a highlight episode, obviously, of how to implement things on your own for those of you who are not working with a coach. Um, so consistency, number one. Number two is making sure that you are progressing within that program. So a quick tip here, you are not creating a new program every single week. At a bare minimum, your program should be four weeks of the same movements on the same days. So your body has time to adapt to that stimulus. After four weeks, you can switch things up if you're bored, um, but an effective program can be anywhere from four to 12 weeks, and that gives you plenty of time to progress within each movement um, and push yourself to reach new heights. So consistency and progression. Yeah. Am I missing anything in the, in the main highlights of what they need from training? No, I just want to throw in there that, like, honestly, you guys, we have been doing the same, like, bucket of movements for the last decade. There's no fancy additional ones that we've added in. There's different variations of the basic movements, but really, you know, you don't need something new every week. You don't need a fancy new program every month. And that's something that we're also dialing in with the app programming for 2023 is each month is going to sort of build on the last. So, you know, what we do in January, you're going to see a lot of those movements come up again and again over time. And that's how you get better. If you are constantly changing things around, you're not giving your body a chance to adapt and actually get better at that movement. Um, so regardless, if your goals are just pure strength or gaining muscle mass or just living a healthier lifestyle, because we know that resistance training has so many more benefits than just helping your body look a certain way, you know, regardless of what those goals are for you, it's important to follow a program that implements progressive overload. So if you've been using the I work out at home, I train at home as an excuse, take that to heart. Understand that you don't need every piece of equipment in the gym to be successful. Your program could be literally push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, leg lifts, and running, body squats, whatever it is. You could have nothing and still have an effective training program by doing the same thing over a period of time and progressing within those areas. So don't leave any options open as an excuse Understand that you can progress with anything. The point is to be consistent, do what you enjoy, and just keep crushing it over time. Next up is nutrition. So some of you may be following a specific diet. Some of you may be following specific principles or you're just trying to eat quote-unquote clean, uh, limiting processed foods, just making good choices. Um, to give you a broad example, like right now, I'm not on anything specific as far as a, a diet. I'm not following any numbers. I'm not tracking so my goal in nutrition, in this this pillar here, is to have a plant with every single meal. So from a broader, you know, 30,000 foot view, I'm avoiding as much processed garbage as I can. And my gut is thanking me tremendously. Like even just escaping through uh, the Christmas festivities with, I, I didn't avoid desserts and stuff, um, but I made 99.9% .9 of my choices to be, you know, quality whole foods and nutrients and, you know, fruits and veggies and, and meats. And then I had very, very, very small portions of, uh, of desserts, which is kind of forbidden at uh, my wife's family's home. But I, I broke out anyway and, and made the choice to avoid that as much as I could. And my, my stomach is happy because of that. So obviously there are different levels to this as far as how, how in-depth you want to get. If you're following a specific program um, in regards to you know a diet over, overload uh, outline. So if you're following something that makes you feel good, I'm not saying jump on a fad diet, but if you've done your research and it's just about incorporating healthy foods, follow it. That's that's your guideline for the nutrition aspect. But it could be as broad as, hey, I'm going to have a plant with every single meal and everything else is going to get better because of that. Yeah, I think when it comes to nutrition, 
people also go zero to 100 here and we know it's these smaller shifts in what you're currently doing that is going to lead to the most sustainable results whether you're focusing on fat loss or gaining muscle or just again living that healthier lifestyle when you understand that it's there's no good or bad foods and there's no things that need to be only allowed in your diet or completely restricted when you understand that and when you understand that your what you're actually eating as far as the food choices goes doesn't need to change when you're doing a fat loss phase when you're doing a bulk when you're in maintenance like when we're in all of those different phases we generally eat the same it's just the amounts that change so when you adopt an eating lifestyle and an, an eating habit I guess that really just makes you feel good and makes you feel good internally and gives you enough energy to do the things that you need to do everything becomes so much easier and that's been a big focus that we've had with our clients and just figuring out okay you know you don't need to restrict anything this is what you like to eat let's work with this and figure out how we can adjust some things so that you can reach the goals that you have so when you open your mind to viewing nutrition like that versus this is what I need to cut out. This is what I need to add in. It just becomes so much easier. So to give you guys some different targets, um, obviously we cannot give you a nutrition specific program on a podcast. We, we, we need your entire history. That has to be something that's done via the coaching experience. Even these online calculators, like if you're on an app that just tells you what Don't to get eat, me like, started on the calculators. get off of that shit. Um, well, but to get, to well, hang tell on. them why. The issue with the calculators is it's not factoring in your personal diet history. So even if you put in what your body weight and your height or whatever it is that it's asking for, it's not factoring in what you've been eating. And that plays a huge role in what your numbers should be. So anyway. And rent. I digress. So to give you guys some numbers that you can aim for, keeping this very broad, um, you know, with our clients, we talk about incorporating, incorporating nutrient and fiber diversity. So our goal for our clients is to consume 30 different plants per week. Anything that, grow, that grows from the ground can, you, can be considered a plant. It's not just fruits and veggies, um, legumes, nuts. If it grows from the ground, it counts. Herbs and spices count as a quarter point. So... You put four different seasonings on your uh, on your eggs in the morning. You get one one extra point. Um, so don't jump to that. Start by tracking your baseline. How many different types of fruits and vegetables and just different types types of plants? Blah. How many different types of plants you consume that week? Start there and work up slowly. Because if you do jump from zero to hundred, very similar to fiber, because fiber is going to increase as you're increasing plant diversity and you know portions. You can have a lot of uh, digestive upset, bloat, gas. Um, it's not fun. So work that up slowly. If you start at you know five or ten, add five extra plants the next week. Five extra plants the following week. Work up to that thirty. So bringing this back to fiber, we consume very little fiber in this country. I think like the minimum you should ever consume is like twenty to twenty-five grams, and most of us are probably less than ten grams. I think the national average last time I checked was eleven grams. Per it's day. disgustingly low. You have to try hard to do that. Like that, if you're aware of that, it is very difficult to eat that little fiber. So a lot of us are there, considering that's the national average. Most of us are there and under it. So wherever you are, same concept. Let's say you're at ten grams of fiber a day. Work that up to fifteen on average per day for the following week. And then the next week, make that 20. 
work that up as pretty much as high as you can get it. But if you, you can get that, move slowly because move if slowly. you implement too much fiber, like if you go from 10 grams per day and get 20 grams the next day, you're going to have digestive upset. Like you're going to be bloated and not feel good. So work it up slowly. I mean, if you can get into the 40 to 50 grams per day threshold, I mean, that's a really good range. It's, you know, it's not insanely high, but that's a quality range compared to where most of us are at right now. So 30 different plants per week, 40 to 50 grams of fiber per day, working to those numbers. Um, if you want to include water in this, you know, two thirds of your weight in ounces. So two thirds pounds in converted into ounces, um, a great habit. We'll talk about habits here in a minute. Um, a glass of water. First thing in the morning, your feet at the floor, throw back that glass of water. Protein intake. Protein intake. So that's one we can give a general guideline. 0 0.7 to, to 1 gram per pound is, is pretty general. Um, regardless of whether you're trying to cut, maintain, or bulk, that's a nice a nice baseline to aim for. Um, difficult to get into fats and carbs just because it depends on ratios and preferences and what you've been doing based on you know, what makes you feel the best. So we can't really dive into those other ones. Um, but 0, 0 0.7 to 1 gram per pound of body weight is a great protein baseline. The last thing I will throw in there as just a general statement is obviously a lot of people are, are focusing on fat loss this time of year. And the biggest mistake that I see when it comes to people bringing themselves through a dieting phase in a fat loss phase is they cut calories down way too fast and way too soon. So don't, you want to be dieting down on the most food possible while still yielding progress and that the reason for that is because that keeps biofeedback high so any negative implications that you may get from being in a deficit we want to delay that for as long as possible so if you can get through your entire cut phase without feeling super low energy without sleeping interrupted without your workout suffering all of these things are naturally sort of expected to happen while you're in a deficit that's a stressor on your body so if we can mitigate those things um that's what we want to do and you do that by dieting down on the most food possible so don't start off 2023 don't start off, start off your diet with a 500 600 700 plus calorie deficit right off the bat you have to be tracking biofeedback and your weekly average weigh-ins to see how things are going and assess progressions and further adjustments based on that. I just want to edit that real quick. You said five, six, seven hundred plus. You don't want. You do want to be above that. So the plus at the end of that might confuse some people. You want to be way the fuck above that. Um, another sub point to that: the reason you want to keep calories higher is to highlight the point that weight loss is not fat loss. So just because you're losing weight does not mean that you're losing fat. And if you are crash dieting, you are losing just as much muscle as you're losing fat. So you're being, you're becoming a lighter human while not improving your body composition. And that can be incredibly frustrating. Let's say you just worked your ass off to lose 30, 40 pounds, but you look fairly the same. Like you, you have the same shape. It's just a smaller shape. That's not, uh, it's Most not exciting. It's that. very frustrating. Unless you're very obese, like that's not something that's going to make you happier. You're not going to see an improvement in your body composition and you're going to be a lot more tired and a lot weaker in the gym. Moving forward, training, nutrition, mindset, number three. What am I going to say for mindset? This is like probably the most important one out of all five. No, what's my, what's my habit? I don't know where you're going here. Really? I don't know what you're talking about. Meditation. Oh. So the easiest one to implement here, there's a ton of sub things we can we can throw in. My number one and the easiest and the most impactful, I can say for 95% of you, will be meditation. 
Um, a lot of confusion around this and something we've covered in depth quite a bit this year. But starting with a minute, closing your eyes, sitting in a chair and just focusing on your breath, breathing in, feel yourself breathing in, breathing out, feel yourself breathing out. It's okay to become distracted. You hear something, a thought comes into your head. That's fine. You notice it and then notice that you become distracted and come back to your breath. If you can go five, six, seven seconds without a thought, that's pretty good. That, that's not bad by any means. You're going to notice that thought. Don't get sucked into it and come back to the breath. That's the entire exercise in the most basic form of meditation. Breathe, notice your distractions, come back to your breath. As simple as that. And if you're someone who is you know, very against this and you, know, you got to dip your feet in very slowly, start with a minute. Add a minute again whenever you can, once a week. Or you know, if you feel good after a couple of days, add that extra minute in. Work it up to 10 minutes a day. That's something that I do at the minimum. I'm actually working that into two 20-minute sessions a day uh, in the morning and then post-workout at some point during the afternoon um, just because I feel fantastic after. And uh, for those of you who need some motivation, I am literally high when, I, when I'm when i done with my session. If you're doing this the right way and you're, you're fully embracing it, I'm high for a good 10 minutes. It's just those endorphins coming out. Um, my focus is so much better. My mood is stable. I'm able to handle those emotions better. So... Those are some tangible benefits you'll notice right away. Um, and over time, you're going to notice less anxiety. So the anxiety centers in your brain actually shrink. Your focus gets a lot better, like I just mentioned. Um, and it's just a total shift from a mental and physical standpoint. Yeah, meditation has been super helpful for me and my anxiety with our whole infertility journey. And there are a lot of apps out there. So if you need more guidance when it comes to meditation, like I do, um, I love the Calm app. There's the Waking Up app. There's, um, I think it's called Headspace. So there's a bunch out there. There's a lot of free ones out there. Um, but along Guided with... Guided meditations definitely make it easier. Along with meditation, you know, your mindset really is something that is it's hard to improve yourself i think that things like therapy can be really beneficial but also like even our coaching process like there is so much work that we do when it comes to your mindset in regard to your relationship with food your relationship with exercise how you perceive certain things when it comes to living a healthier lifestyle so know that there are many different sort of branches when we say you know focusing on to improving your mindset and it's not that one thing is better than the other but you know all of the things that we have our people focus on are science-backed and have really truly impacted their entire lives their relationships um their just how they present themselves at work at home and it's really cool to see these shifts happen mentally because it's not just about the programs, the training programs, what we give you for nutrition. It's making this a lifestyle change and you can't really do that without improving your mindset. It's learning about yourself. It's setting realistic expectations. It's learning what to expect in certain situations. There's a whole another component when it comes to working with someone else in this area. Um, but for the sake of what you can do tomorrow, what you can do January 1st, if you're one of those people who's going to wait to do anything, meditation, I would say, is absolutely number one. Um, if you're someone who thrives on pain, you like to challenge yourself um, and step up and see how tough you can be, uh, cold showers, cold exposure in general. Um, but the easiest way to do the cold exposure is, you know, 30 seconds in the morning at the end of your shower. Um, this is something I actually just kind of switched up my routine with because I wanted to get back into it. Um, I'll kind of coax myself out of bed with the concept that I can start with warm and then I will drop that bad boy down to be all the way down, super cold. 
So I'll get myself used to the warmer hot water and then crank it down and I'll stand in there for at least two minutes. Um, I do the longer sessions in the tub, but just to get my consistent exposure, something I've been able to dial in as a habit, um, if I'm not doing my two mile run in the morning, I'll go straight to that shower, warm to freezing. Um, if I do run, sometimes I hop out of bed, get dressed and I go for a run. Um, I'll do it after after that run. So similar concept, they're similar in a sense to the meditation where you hop out, you're high, you've got the endorphins flowing, you're breathing through this, which is what I'm really focusing on as a similarity. You are controlling your body via your breath. You are, you know, getting back in back in front of that stress. You're going to have that gasp when that the water gets super cold and hits your body and you're going to catch your breath. You're going to focus on your breath and your body's going to calm down. After 30 seconds, you're not cold anymore. So that's something that a lot of people have this mental hurdle in their mind that it's going to suck and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go beyond the 30 seconds. I don't want to get in there at all. After 30 seconds, you're good. And once you get out there and you, you know, you dry yourself off, like you feel really, really good, you know, and that can last those, that endorphin high can last for a couple hours. So another great benefit on mood. And the reason I started this and I won't get into a huge, you know, sub tangent, but the reason I started this is there's nothing I hate more than being cold. So I figured if I can start my day with what I hate the most, the rest of my day is going to be pretty easy. So we have training, nutrition, mindset. Let's go to movement. Movement, I know what you're thinking. We already talked about training. Why are we talking about movement? But movement is different than training because movement is you moving your body throughout your entire day outside of your gym session. So when you look at your entire 24-hour period, you maybe go to the gym for one or two hours. Um, most people, it's about an hour. How much are you moving outside of that? Some people you know, have really active jobs, so maybe you're moving a lot throughout the day, but a lot of us are sedentary. A lot of us work on a computer or at a desk. So how much are you moving throughout the day? Um, and that really impacts and gives us a clear indicator of where our overall health is. The more you move your body, the healthier you are as a human. Absolutely. And there is you know, plenty of data to back that up. The more you're moving, the longer you live, the better your vitality throughout each day. So that's something we're focusing a lot on. The movement aspect is, like we said, it's outside of training. So this is not talking about adding more cardio in. This is general movement throughout the day to make your life better. You're going to feel better. Your health is going to improve. We're not ramping up cardio to hit that. You might have cardio that's included in this section, um, but the point here is to continue moving. So beyond your training. So for some habits that you could implement, it could be you know a post-lunch walk, make it a little bit longer, at least a mile. Um, if it's a smaller thing that you just want to, you know, you're stuck at the desk or you're working from home get up every hour. So Apple Watch is going to help you with that. It's going to set that reminder. If you don't have that, just set a reminder on your phone, an alarm that goes off every hour. Do two laps around your house. You don't have to make this a workout. You don't have to do some jumping jacks. You don't have to get your heart rate up. Just move. It's literally moving. How many times your feet leave the ground and come back in contact and repeat, repeat, repeat. So a couple laps around the house every hour, a longer walk at lunchtime. Um, if you're going to the store, park a little farther away. These are all things we talk about with clients. Literally, those are the three examples that I give. Um, so little things like that, and we'll talk about habits here coming up next, but the point with a habit is to make it a daily automatic. It's a daily non-negotiable. You don't have to think about it, it just gets done. So when we're talking about these things that we're implementing in each of these pillars, they need to be very minimal. You're often going to go above and beyond those, but you need to make sure you're not setting a precedent for skipping it. So 
if you're if you want to jump, oh, I'm feeling really rambunctious. My my target is going to be you know a, a five mile walk every day. That's not going to happen. You're going to skip that. Something's going to come up. You're going to skip it. So get a one mile walk in quickly. Two laps around the house. We can all fucking do. So think in those terms as far as small and accomplishable when you're coming up with these things in each pillar. So moving on to habits, because I think that was a good segue. What are habits and how are habits different than your goals and why should we be focusing on that? Habits and goals get mixed up all the time. A habit is something that we do every single day. A goal is something that we want to accomplish. So in the most probably used misconception, someone might say, I'm going to have a habit of walking 10,000 steps per day. Well, that's not a habit unless you're walking 10,000 steps first thing in the morning every single day. That's your habit. So to come back to what a habit actually is, a habit, let me say this first, a habit should always be assigned to a goal because the habit is the minimal task that you get to do every day that helps you accomplish that goal. So your goal is walking 10,000 steps per day. Your habit is your morning walk or your lunchtime walk or your evening walk. It's one minimal component. Maybe you have a habit of doing that walk. Then you have a habit of getting up once an hour to do your two laps around the house. Those are habits. Those are measurable. I did it or I didn't, and I'm doing them every single day. That's going to help you accomplish that goal. Um, so when we're talking about daily non-negotiables, we're talking about you know the automatic things that just get done. Another one that I like to use on these calls to explain, um, let's say you had a goal of reading a book per month. The habit is reading two pages per night before bed. Now, if you literally just read two pages per night before bed, you're reading 60 or 62 pages per month, and that's a very short book. The concept, again, is that you're going to go above and beyond what your habit is most of the time. But you are always checking that box. No matter how tired you are, no matter how limited on time you are, I read those two pages, boom, I'm all set. I have some time tonight, I'm going to read 50 pages. I'm really relaxed. I'm going to start a fire. I'm going to chill. That still counts. But if you only get those two pages in, it's still done. You still picked up that book and you still got the job done that day. And you are not going to break that chain. You're going to continue that over time. Every single day, two pages. I'm really tired. I got home at midnight. Guess what? You're still reading those two pages or you failed that habit for that day. You don't have to to read 50, but you can get those two in. So these might sound very minimal just in in a microscope. Hey, this is... How the fuck is reading two pages going to do anything? How is you know a 10-minute walk in the morning going to change my life? Well, it's going to change your life in a year. When you did those things every single day for a year and you look back and you say, oh, this is where I was, this is where I am, this is how I look, this is how I feel, this is what I've accomplished, you start stacking four or five habits throughout your day in different areas, your entire life is going to be different. So I can't stress this part enough as the biggest benefit and return on your investment you're going to see. It's not training. It's not nutrition. It's not mindset. It's not movement. It's habits because you're going to put habits on all those different pillars. And if you were 99.9% effective with those habits, all of those other pillars that we already talked about are going to have amazing benefits, but it's because of those habits that were implemented already. So don't overlook it. Give yourself some tiny things that you can do every single day in each of those pillars. And I promise you looking back in 2024, you will have changed your life. Look at this as a long game. Don't look for that quick fix. If you guys do, you're going to be in the same fucking spot next December. Take advantage of everything we just talked about in this episode. This is the core. This is the principle. This is the reason we say these are the five pillars of health, five pillars of wellness. It's the reason we built our entire coaching structure on these. If you dial those in and if you hammer home these habits, 
I promise you your life is going to look a whole lot different in six months, in 12 months, in five years. You're going to get off that up and down roller coaster. You're going to stop spinning your tires and you're going to be very proud of what you've accomplished. All right, you guys. Well, our three and a half year old is uh, boycotting his nap today. We are obviously on school vacation week, so we are going to end it here. Where can they find you? At Josh Skutnik on social, YouTube, the whole fucking deal. Could just say at Josh Gutnick. Everywhere. <laughs> I'm at Alessandra Gutnick. Everything you need is linked in the show notes, and we will catch you in 2023.